Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, America's most beloved self-loathing homosexual, Miller Frost, here as always with my dear friend, white boy Malcolm X. And remember, if you want to shoot me an email, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, you can send that to miller at millerfrostonline.com. I will, of course, read them, and if they're interesting enough, even if they're insulting, I will read them on air. That's how I got the title, Self-Loathing Homosexual, <laughs> from an email from like, I don't know, what, 10 years ago? Anyway, White Boy Malcolm X, I would ask you how you're doing, but I already know since you and I basically hung out all weekend. And I still can't believe you did not find Porky's funny. We watched, that's right, folks, we watched Porky's last night from 1982. And it's still, it's still funny. It is completely politically incorrect at this point. They are not woke at all. But I'm going to watch, I, t- I tell you, I'm serious. I am going to watch Porky's 2 and 3. And if you want to watch them, White Boy Malcolm X, you can watch them. If not, totally get it. Oh, White Boy Malcolm X, before we, before we start today's program, I am supposed to yell at you. Because the Summit Mistress is not happy with you, with with your uh, Oklahoma, the uh, the guy who go, went into the Oklahoma uh, sex shop and was doing out the, what is it, the auto blow, which wasn't really an auto blow because, let's face it, he was doing all the thrusting. <laughs> but she's not happy with you for insinuating that that's really a Louisiana story. So do not, do not do that anymore. I told her I would yell at you at the top of the, the top of the program. You have been sufficiently yelled at. You need to cut it out with with blaming all these crazy stories on folks in Louisiana. They are fine, decent, hardworking, upstanding citizens, and we do not have any stories. <laughs> I'm lying. Any stories, folks, about Louisiana on today's program, today's podcast. No, no stories about about folks from Louisiana. None whatsoever. i uh, got a lot of great stories in the, uh, in the pile today. I'm not going to talk politics. Um, I guess Biden is winning as one. I, I don't even know. I, it's, it's hard to tune into this thing. But I did see where he wants to uh, lock down the country, a whole country lockdown for four to six weeks. Like that, that hasn't worked before. But, you know, they're they're going to try it again. It's, it's going to be a new lockdown, a brand new lockdown. And this one, folks, this one is really going to work this time. And then next time, <laughs> they'll want six to eight weeks. They're just going to keep us locked down forever. And, uh, oh, speaking of which, um, I will talk just briefly politics. I saw... Uh, before we uh, started today's podcast, I saw where um, that, that feckless moron in California, the governor out there, what's his name, uh, Gavin Newsom, got busted. You know, he's telling everyone that can't, you only have like, what, 10 people, 12 people over for Thanksgiving, and he's at some fancy birthday dinner at French Laundry. And if you don't know what French Laundry is, it's it's one of these shishi restaurants up in, I think, Napa Valley. It's Napa or Sonoma. It's, one, it's in wine country. It's supposedly, you know, like three or four month. Back in the day, it was like a three or four month, easy three or four month reservation to get into the place. I have never eaten there. Um, I've I've been to Auberge du Soleil a couple of times, so that's delicious, but I have not been to French Laundry. But he was there after telling people not to go out. He's out there for a birthday party, and that's, that's what we're going to get more of when they start locking us down. Everyone but the ruling class has to go to their basements. You know, Biden's basement plan is everyone go live in their basement for, you know, four to six weeks and we'll... We'll get this thing this time, I promise. Anyway, let's go ahead, and we've got a lot of stories today. We are starting with the gay stuff, White Boy Malcolm X, so you're good to go there. But I don't, I don't even have a lot of it. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and apologize. But we'll dig in and see what we, see what we get. And we're going to start with this. And here's the headline: Lesflix, the lesbian streaming service, thriving under lockdown. Yes, folks, 
There is a lesbian streaming service out there. And this is from Reuters. Naomi Bennett was running lesbian-themed film nights at cinemas across London before COVID-19 struck, confining moviegoers to their homes and prompting the former legal secretary to make her social enterprise a fully online venture. Bennett launched Lesflix, a subscription streaming service aimed at gay and bisexual women last year, but it only had 10 titles on offer when Britain's first coronavirus lockdown began in March. Today, it offers almost 80 titles, including feature films, shorts, and web series, and has hosted dozens of virtual film-watching parties for LGBT plus women, attracting subscribers from the United States to South Africa, India, and Jamaica. So, 80 titles. <laughs> but you could stream that in a week. We're not just putting films on a platform, but also bringing the community together online, Bennett, 38, told the Thomson Reuters Foundation during a video call bringing them together and empowering those women to meet each other and connect over a common interest, she said. While the idea for the business was a no-brainer, coming up with a name was more taxing, and Bennett said she and her girlfriend struggled for months, months, white boy Malcolm X, to think of a title that referenced bisexual, queer, and transgender women, too. After about three months, we were like, this is ridiculous, we're overcomplicating the language of the LGBT community, she said, and Lesflix was born. And guess how much that costs, White Boy Malcolm X? No, not that. $5.99. You could get 80 films. And I would ask you, White Boy Malcolm X, what you would come up with for a name, because apparently it took them three months to get it, but I know you're going to say something grossly inappropriate and get us in trouble. So I'm not even going to ask you. We're just going to move on from that. So Lesflix, folks, if you're interested in watching lesbian movies, there are 80 of them on Lesflix, and it's $5.99 a month. There, gave them a little plug. This is from the New York Post, and this is kind of a follow-up story to last week. So we had a story about, of all things, a gay porn star. His name is Rocky Valerda, and he is on OnlyFans. And if you don't know what OnlyFans is, I thought it was a porn site, but it's not. It's apparently where people can go, you know, be famous, or it's like a TikTok thing. Um, But you can have people pay to watch you doing whatever. I mean, I guess you can do porn. Um, but there are other things you can do out there as well. But he does the porn on there. And I, last week, I was kind of found myself in a very uncomfortable position of having to agree with a gay porn star, not once, not twice, but three times during his article, because he was talking about a couple of things involving COVID. And one of them was the collateral damage that's being done out there with all these lockdowns. And, and thank you, Joe Biden, for the plan for another four to six week lockdown. Um, he was talking about how it wasn't a, a racial issue because this is a global pandemic and it's affecting people of all races. And I know that the the uh, the AP template out there is that it's disproportionately affecting certain people over others. Um, but COVID <laughs> and trying to trying to spin this tale that COVID is racist. But he's his his argument, which I, I agree with, is that it, it isn't a racial issue. And and the other thing he said, which I also agree with, was that, you know, you the ability to disagree politely online is basically, you know, dead in the water and that if you don't like what someone says and you scream, you know, racist or sexist or homophobe or bigot or what have you at them uh, until you shame them off at whatever social media platform they're on. And, and he kind of stuck to his gun. So I have to give Rocky Valerda, a gay porn star, Credit where credit is due, and, and I and I did agree with him. But this is kind of a follow up story, and this is this is my one depressing story of the show, White Boy Malcolm X. So don't worry about it. But it's from a New York Post article, and here's the headline: 
U.S. Experiencing Disturbing Rise of Suicide Attempts Study Finds. And this goes to Rocky Valerda, the gay porn star. This goes to his point about the collateral damage that is going on with COVID and all these lockdowns. So I wanted to hear here's some support for gay porn star Rocky Valerda. And the research here, before we dig into the article, um, the research um, is from the data is from 2015 to 2018. So it does precede uh, the COVID crisis and, and what's going on, um, although it was published very recently. But my point to this is that these are the numbers while everything was going swimmingly well, all th- all things being relative. And, and now that COVID's hit, I can only imagine what the the suicide attempts and the suicide ideation uh, is where those numbers are at now, but let's let's dig into this a little bit, and and then we'll we'll go from there. Dark new research has painted a bleak picture of recent suicide rates in the U.S. Published this month in Crisis, the Journal of Crisis Intervention and Suicide Prevention, which I can only imagine how depressing that is. The study reported that Americans have recently experienced an increase in suicidal thoughts, planning, and attempts. Researchers looked at a sample of 7,654 adults using data collected between 2015 and 2018 from the National Survey Drug Use and Health Survey, and their findings are not pretty. Results revealed that from 2015 to 2018, there was a 16% increase in suicide ideation, 18.6% increase in suicide planning, and 11.6% increase in suicide attempts, the three study authors all of whom are affiliated with the University of Cincinnati, wrote in the abstract. Drug users, youth, queer, and African-American individuals were found to be among the most vulnerable to the disturbing trends. Significant increases in each behavior were found in African-Americans, younger adults, sexual minorities, and individuals who reported past-year drug use, authors wrote, noting that, of these higher-risk groups, the biggest increases in suicidal behaviors in the past year were among African-Americans, with a proportion of African-American individuals who planned a suicide and who attempted suicide increasing. White boy Malcolm X, are, I guess we are a sexual minority. <laughs> Good Lord. And this is for you folks in Oregon, uh, 59% of you who voted to make uh, what crystal meth, cocaine, and heroin legal in the state of Oregon, which we reported on last week. They also discovered an interesting correlation between drug use and suicidal thoughts and actions. Prior drug use significantly increased from 2015 to 2018 in individuals who reported attempting suicide, the authors wrote. They found a 34.8% increase in marijuana use, a 13% increase in cocaine use, and a massive 429% increase in ketamine use. And I have no idea. White Boy Malcolm X, what is ketamine? Well, I have no idea either, and I don't want to know, quite frankly. Well, let's get back to the article. As for solutions to help bring down the numbers of U.S. suicidal tendencies, they propose making sure more Americans have access to adequate mental health care and educational resources so the warning signs of stress and suicidal thoughts can be better organized. And White Boy Malcolm X, I would ask you (laughs) if you had ever thought about offing yourself, but... Never give the bastards a satisfaction. Exactly, sir. Exactly. And on that note, uh, there's more politics. I forgot about this one. And this is from the Washington Examiner. The headline, Sweeping Pro-LGBT Agenda Sought, OK HIV Positive Troops, Free Transgender Migrants. 
Joe Biden, and if you don't know who Joe Biden is, Joe, from an article we had last week, Joe is the first president-elect to use the word transgender in an acceptance speech. So that's who Joe Biden is. He uttered the word transgender and just made everyone get very excited last week. Who made the promotion of a pro-diversity agenda a cornerstone of his presidential campaign is being urged to enact a sweeping list of changes for gay and transgender people, including allowing HIV-positive applicants into the military, the promotion of the drug PrEP, and if you don't know what PrEP is, it's what all those white people in those white queens in London are buying up and preventing all the minorities from getting a hold of it, which PrEP apparently helps, helps to lower the risk of uh, HIV infection from exposure. And all the white queens in London are buying it up. That's what PrEP is. And the release of transgender illegal immigrants. The influential human rights campaign, which, by the way, is my favorite professional gay organization, is urging Joe Biden to enact 85 pro-LGBTQ moves. 85. (laughs) Go big or go home, I guess. In its list of 85 points, the human rights campaign, influential in Democratic Party politics, said that Biden could move quickly because some simply require reversing Trump-era rulings. The Blueprint for Positive Change 2020 also said that the community has faced centuries of discrimination and that former President Barack Obama's lead should be followed by his former vice president. So they're going all in. Not only are they going for 85 85 actions that uh, uh, Creepy Uncle Joe can do, but they are now kvetching White Boy Malcolm X, not just about recent, recent discrimination, not even in the last, say, 100 years, centuries, folks, not just one century, centuries and centuries of discrimination. And that Barack Obama started to turn the corner for them. The Biden-Harris administration has the opportunity to not only put our democracy back on track, but deliver real positive change for LGBTQ people's daily lives, said Human Rights Campaign President Alfonso David. So he is the head queen at Human Rights Campaign in presenting the list. Many of the points will be cheered by the gay and transgender community and liberal activists while being jeered by socially conservative critics who are all hate mongers and Nazis and some in the Trump team. Among those moves are nominating many gay and transgender judges, clearing the way for more to give blood, releasing transgender illegal immigrants, making available information about the drug PrEP used as an oral prophylactic for sex and drugs, expanding beyond male and female choices on government documents such as passports. Mercy, this, this is quite the Christmas list. (laughs) 85, nominating gay and transgender. Who gives a crap whether they're gay or transgender or straight or or, or what have you? I mean, I I don't know about the the, the check the box. Those queens in their clipboards. (laughs) It's it's left Hollywood now. They're, They're everywhere. They just want to like... I, I just want my judge to be gay because I think that they'll be they'll be more tolerant of me and they will like hear my case fairer. Goodness, I am not going to read any any more of this. That's that's just a list, and it also includes HIV positive troops and freeing transgender migrants. Uh oh, white boy Malcolm X. We have another another actor who's going gay for pay. Here's the headline, and this is from Reuters. Lord of the Rings actor Viggo Mortensen defends decision to play gay role. Armed with a retort involving proctologists, Oscar-nominated actor Viggo Mortensen is prepared for criticism of his decision 
as a straight man to play a gay character in his directorial debut, which premieres in Britain on Monday. I apologize to all the proctologists for casting David Cronenberg, Mortensen, 62. He's 62 already? Damn. Set of his new film, Falling, in which the renowned Canadian director plays a colorectal surgeon. Mortensen, best known for his portrayal of Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, said he was joking but wanted to make the point that actors are actors simply playing a role, whether a gay man or a proctologist. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Vigo, no. <laughs> no, sir, not anymore. Those those days are over. Now, when, when, when Brokeback Mountain came out, yes, that was, that was perfectly fine because everyone wanted to see Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger making out. No one was going to complain then, but now... I mean, they even went after, um, what was that, Call Me By Your Name. And we've talked about that that movie a couple times with uh, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. And everyone was complaining about them doing it. And we even had, so who was complaining, White Boy Michael Myers? I think it was the screenwriter was complaining that there was no full frontal nudity in the movie. <laughs> so in that case, it was okay as long as they showed a penis, but they didn't show a penis, so now it was not okay. And now, Vigo, you're in trouble because you're not, you know, if you're going to have a gay character, you damn well better have a gay actor playing it. And God knows there are plenty of those in Hollywood. Anyway, picking back up. Several high-profile actors have been criticized recently, of course, for playing LGBT plus characters. Oscar winner Halle Berry pulled out of a transgender film role following criticism from activists. There are certain characters I'm not going to play, said Mortensen, who has been nominated for three Oscars, four Golden Globes, and three BAFTAs. I wouldn't play Eric, the Chinese-Hawaiian-American Mortensen, who is Danish-American, said of the husband of his film's main character, John. So in the film, Viggo Mortensen is married to a Chinese-Hawaiian-American. Falling tells the story of John's racist and homophobic father, Willis, played by Lance Hendrickson, who moves from his rural farm to live with his son in Los Angeles when he starts showing early signs of dementia. And there's not any cliches in there. And I, I tell you what, White Boy Michael Max, I would be shocked. I would be very shocked if Lance Hendrickson's character, who lived on a rural farm and goes and live with his gay son and his gay son's husband, isn't a kind of right-wing, evil right-wing Republican. Anyway, moving on. This is from Fox News. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, who is as big a pansy boy as there ever was, who won a second term earlier this month as he narrowly fended off his left-leaning opponent amid criticism after months of protests and riots, is removing gendered language to be more inclusive. Can you imagine white boy Malcolm X going to vote in Oregon, in Portland, which is like half burned down anyway, and you go to vote and you've got pansy boy Ted Wheeler or someone even worse than him. And those are your choices. You're like, you know, which pile of, you know, crap do you want to step in? Because <laughs> there's just not a good choice between the two. But I guess everyone picked Ted. Well, barely picked Ted. Anyway, let's get back to the story. He tweeted, The language of the documents that guide the city should reflect our community. Today, council authorized the city auditor to remove feminine and masculine terms from the city charter. This important step will help make our documents more inclusive of all gender identities. Well, I guess good for them. But I can't call him a pansy boy anymore. I guess I have to call him a pansy person. <laughs> Ted Wheeler. Loser. And that is, that is folks, is gender, gender neutral. This is from Pink News. White Boy Malcolm X, did you know, because this, this has to do with it, do you know The Crown Season 4 is out? So now I have something else to watch. 
You can watch that after you're done with Kingdom. Like you can go right from, you know, MMA fighting to the Crown. It's because they, they they flow so well together. Anyway, here's the headline: The Crown's Freddie Fox thinks actors who have a more rounded experience of sexuality have a real advantage in the film industry. And Wiper Magamax, what do you think? I thought you'd like that. Yes, he's a ginger. I knew you would like that. And not even grungy ginger, just ginger. Anyway, here we go. Freddie Fox thinks actors who have a more rounded experience of sexuality have a real advantage in the film industry. White Boy Malcolm X, what, what, the, what do you think he means by rounded experience of sexuality? I was thinking bisexual. I was... <laughs> Another one. He'll sleep with anyone. Fox, 31, no, he's not going to sleep with you, so settle down over there, has been reluctant to define his sexuality. <laughs> he means he's a queen. But the actor, who played Margaret Thatcher's son in the season four of The Crown, has indicated that he might not be straight, you think? In a 2015 interview, Fox said, I've had girlfriends, but I wouldn't wish to say I am this or I am that, because at some time in my life, I might fall in love with a man. Which means, folks, he's already, he's already been banging the man, he just is kind of easing into that. It's like that uh, that dope last week from the New York Times. Um, Charles M. Blow. That's right. That's right. Thank you, White Boy Malcolm X. Chucky Blow, the bisexual who was lecturing uh, Trump-supporting gay men. He, the bisexual was lecturing the queens. <laughs> but this guy is just kind of like, you know, doing his thing, I guess. When asked about the quote by The Telegraph, Fox says he doesn't regret saying it. I'm very interested in how the world is changing and how perceptions are changing, Freddie Fox said. If you look at someone like Rupert Everett, he would say that talking about his sexuality really altered the course of his career. I think being able to say that you have a more rounded experience as a human being, whether it be through sexuality or whatever, is now perceived as a real advantage. When asked, I have no idea what that means, but anyway. When asked if he thinks actors must be feasibly heterosexual to land leading man roles, Fox said, I'm pretty sure it's becoming no. He added, heroes used to look and sound a certain way, which was, you know, muscular, white, and male. Heroes are now totally different, whether it be gender or sexuality, appearance, disability. Elsewhere in the interview, this is where it gets interesting. The other reason I, I, I read this uh, White Boy Malcolm X, in addition to kind of, you know, this whole rounded experience of sexuality weird thing, listen to this. Elsewhere in the interview, the actor opened up about his relationship with his cousin, Lawrence Fox, who has faced significant backlash over his views on race and LGBT plus identities. Lawrence Fox recently launched his own political party in an effort to reclaim British values. When asked if he shares any of Lawrence's political views, uh-oh, Freddie replied, not really, but I respect Lawrence's path, and he must do what he must do. I don't share that many opinions with him, but I love him very much as my cousin, and we do share private time, and I care for him enormously. Well, good for him. I mean, his career is probably dead. <laughs> Look, Freddie, let me just tell you a couple things. First, rounded experience of sexuality. Just come out already for Christ's sakes. You can ease into it like Charles Blow and declare yourself bisexual. But if you're going around playing that game with your rounded experience of sexuality, just do it already. It's 2020 for Christ's sakes. Just just get it out of the way. And second of all, you are not you are not supposed to be nice to these people. If your cousin is a conservative, you have to denounce him at every step along the way. Every article, every media interview, you have to trash him publicly because you're not supposed to be nice to these people. Everyone knows that. That That is just the way it, it goes these days. If you don't like what someone says, especially if they're conservative, you have to just trash them as vile, 
hating Nazis. So, Freddy, get with the program. This is from the Daily Mail, and this is our last gay article, White Boy Malcolm X. And it's, but it's a doozy. It's a doozy because those were, I mean, yeah, I, the, these stories are okay. I mean, just a, just a weird, quirky time these days, and the news stories reflect that, I think. But this one, this one makes up for all the ones we just did. Bolsonaro tells Brazil not to deal with coronavirus like a country of fags, and I'm going to say fags because I am America's most beloved. Self-loathing homosexual, and I can use that word. Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, came under fire on Tuesday for telling people not to deal with COVID-19 like a country of fags in his latest controversial outburst about the pandemic. Bolsonaro used the offensive term for gay people while complaining that all anyone talks about these days is the pandemic. We need to stop that. I regret the deaths. I really do. But we're all going to die someday. There's no use fleeing reality. We have to stop being a country of fags. We have to face up to it and fight. I hate this faggot stuff, he said in a speech in the presidential palace. Mercy. Mercy me. White boy Malcolm X. I mean, (laughs) I guess that means being a pansy. Like a pansy boy. Like, what's his name? Uh, Ted Wheeler. (laughs) Stop being a country of fags. Okay, then. Okay, then, sir. You enjoy that. Here we go. We We got some race stuff. This is, oh, she's my favorite. This is kind of a, this is a good bridge article because it's race stuff, but there's a lesbian in the story. And she's not watching, you know, what is that, what was that service again? Lesflix. She's clearly not watching Lesflix because she's out and about. This is from Fox News. BLM co-founder sends message to Biden. We want something for our vote. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Coolers. And if you don't know who she is, she is a, she's, what would you, she's the world's crankiest lesbian at this point. You Google cranky lesbian, her face just pops right up there. Requested a meeting with President-elect Joe Biden to discuss the movement's agenda and lay out expectations for the incoming administration. Without the resounding support of black people, and this is capital B black, so you know they're black people, we would be saddled with a very different electoral outcome, Coolers wrote in a letter to Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. God, I'm just never going to be able to read that and, and not cringe on Saturday. In short, black people won this election, even though quite a few of them voted for Donald Trump. Coolers plans to hold Biden's feet to the fire, saying that black people want to be heard and our agenda to be prioritized. Despite making history by choosing the first female and black vice president to be elected to office, it is yet to be seen if Biden can make good on campaign promises to create a police oversight board to combat police brutality, particularly against black and minority people within his first 100 days in the White House. Biden also promised to create an economic plan that provides housing, education, and financial support to black and Latino communities who have been disproportionately affected by the coronavirus pandemic. During his victory speech last week, which I just mentioned earlier in the podcast, Biden shouted out his black supporters and thanked them for their vote. And we don't really care about that because he said the word transgender. That's all anyone needs to know. Coolers reminded Biden and Harris that they both expressed regrets regarding your record on issues impacting black people and advised them to take your direction from black grassroots organizers that have been engaged in this work for decades with a legacy that spans back to the first arrival of enslaved Africans. So, in other words, she wants to get paid, Joe. Creepy Uncle Joe, if you're listening to the Miller Frost Show, uh, Patrice Coolers, the the world's crankiest lesbian, uh, she wants to get paid. Because I guess all that money, White Boy Malcolm X, how many millions of dollars 
has Black Lives Matter, Inc. been making off these woke companies like Nike, writing these big fat checks and handing them all this money. And that ain't good enough. They want federal money because, I mean, they can turn millions into billions. So Patrice, I don't know why she's so freaking cranky. She's, she's probably a multimillionaire by now. But that's not good enough for her. Now she wants her social justice going on there as well. Does she not have enough? I guess not. Uh, okay. This one is from Entertainment Weekly. CBS pledges Survivor Big Brother cast will now be 50% people of color. Do you watch White Boy Mac Do you watch any of these silly, stupid shows? No, I, I have. I think Survivor's been on for what, fifty years? <laughs> Something crazy like that. Survivor's been on for I don't know decades, and I have never, never watched even one episode of that. I just, I could care less. Those sorts of shows um, do not interest me in in the least. But let's dig into this just for a little bit, not too much, because it's a pretty long article. CBS announced a new diversity pledge Monday that will have a visible impact on its stable of reality shows. All future casts will contain at least 50% black, indigenous, and people of color. This means hits like Survivor, Big Brother, and Love Island. And we talked about Love Island in Quebec with all the Frenchmen, but they're all gay. <laughs> so all the women won't know what to do because they have to get laid on Love Island to get thrown off the show. But all the men will be sleeping with each other because they're, they're Quebecois or whatever. But anyway, we'll be far more diverse starting with the 2021 and 2022 season. The reality TV genre is an area that's especially underrepresented and needs to be more inclusive across development, casting, production, and all phases of storytelling, said George Cheeks, president and chief executive officer for the CBS Entertainment Group. As we strive to improve all of these creative aspects, the commitments announced today are important first steps in sourcing new voices to create content and further expanding the diversity in our unscripted programming as well as on our network. Well, that still leaves 50% <laughs> those horrible racist white people. I'm, I'm curious. I got a couple of thoughts on this white boy. Who's going to be counting this? We, now, I've been making jokes because, you know, in to, to, to win an Oscar or to be considered uh, for nomination to be an Oscar, you have to have all these diversity quotas now. So I make jokes about, you know, these queens with clipboards like... What are you again? Okay, I'm gonna check off. I'm gonna check off the tanks. Are you gay? Are you bisexual? Are you questioning? Are you, I know you're quite. We're just gonna check off questioning because everyone's questioning. You know that type. So you're gonna have a bunch of queens with clipboards for the Oscar films, but now you're gonna have to have that here. I mean, CBS is gonna have to have a whole, a whole separate fleet of queens with clipboards to be like, what are you? What's your race? Are you mixed? Are you just? Are you, okay, we'll check that box. I'll check that box too. And the other thing I'm thinking is, what's the racial makeup going to be? Are they going to like follow like the national trend? So you're going to have to have, you know, what, 15% black and 25% um, Hispanic. And then you've got to have an Asian or two in there and a Native American. God. You're going to have everyone represented. I don't know how these shows are going to have like 100 people in them now because they're going to have to have such a wide, uh, wide spread of, of different races. Jeez. This is what this is the mess. It, the, pro the reason is I think that there are so many white people on these shows anyway is <laughs> because I think black, indigenous, and people of color are a little bit smarter. <laughs> and they don't want to go on these stupid shows and make an ass of themselves. They're like, well, you know, I can, I think I'll pass on that. Thank you very much. But now they're going to get roped into it. Be like, hey, we need you to make a complete ass of yourself on, on Big Brother. How would you like to do that? I'm like, ah, crap. I got it. Now I got to go do these stupid shows because CBS has, you know, white guilt. But it's good to see that the queens with clipboards 
are going to be very, very busy. Oh, God, now we got to go back to Portland. Did you hear White Boy Malcolm? Look at this woman. Seriously. She looks... This is a Joanne Hardesty, and she looks like a scarecrow on crystal meth. <laughs> she looks horrible. I mean, this woman looks like she is rough. She is... I mean, she's been... This woman has been, like, like to every concert in in world history, and, and she's been... Uh, She's been doing all the good drugs every time. Oof. This is the headline anyway. This is from the Oregonian. Portland City Commissioner Joanne Hardesty calls 911, refuses to get out of lift car after driver cancels ride. And this is another two weeks now, white boy Malcolm X. We've had two weeks where black people are calling the cops. And I thought they didn't like to do that because generally when the police showed up, they would shoot the black people. Well, that's what the narrative is, right? I mean, I'm not laughing at police shooting black people. I'm, I'm laughing at the this kind of overarching, you know, uh, media narrative that the police are, you know, a racist institution. They prop up a systemic racist, uh, you know, country. And now we've got last week, folks, we had, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, we had a couple of guys in an office in, in Sacramento and they found the N-word on a card on their desk. And the first thing they did was pick up the phone. They didn't call just the police. They called CHIPS. <laughs> They wanted Eric Estrada to show up. They called the California Highway Patrol for something that went on in an office. And the and the funny thing is, Chips actually said, "Okay, yeah, we'll show up." And they did. They showed up. But this this chick, the 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 crystal meth scarecrow, she's calling nine one one now. The lift went bad from the beginning. Once Portland City Commissioner Joanne Hardesty ordered a pickup at Washington's Elani Casino Resort last week. Hardesty got upset over a mix-up about where she was waiting for the car. Then she didn't want the windows open for ventilation because she was cold. Then she wouldn't get out when the driver cut the ride short and tried to drop her off at a gas station miles from home. The November 1st trip ended with dueling calls to 911 and a request from Hardesty for police to respond, even though a dispatcher repeatedly told her that no crime had been committed. The encounter puts a spotlight on Hardesty at a time when the veteran politician, who, if you don't know, folks, looks like a scarecrow on crystal meth, has worked to shift money away from the Portland police budget and tried to find alternatives to relieve police of handling a flood of 911 reports on scenarios that don't involve crimes. Wow. How do you spell hypocrite? Hardesty oversees Portland's emergency dispatches. <laughs> oh, so let me get this right way about Malcolm X. The scarecrow on crystal meth who wants to redo the portland police budget and find alternatives to relieve policing of handling a flood of 911 calls pick up the 911 call because she has a really unpleasant lift ride this article folks i tell you what this is things like five pages about this dopey chick the portland city commissioner i mean hey this is what the ruling class is you can't call 911, but she's going to call 911 on a Lyft driver. Okay, then enough of her. This is a follow-up story, but now it looks like i got to apologize again because I always like to make cracks about nobody in Portland is getting prosecuted for anything. But apparently someone's going to jail. Man arrested for Portland assault, sentenced to 20 months in prison. A 26-year-old Black Lives Matter protester, and I guess he was the mostly in the mostly peaceful protests, has been sentenced to 20 months behind bars for knocking a motorist unconscious in Portland, according to a report. Marquise Love, 
turned himself into authorities after being caught on viral video kicking Adam Hayner in the head and knocking him out outside the Multnomah County Justice Center on August 12th. Hayner said he stopped at the protest to help a transgender woman who was being mugged and believed he was being attacked for being white. So that's right, folks. At a Black Lives Matter protest, a mostly peaceful protester, Marquise Love kicked kicked Adam Hayner in the head and knocked him unconscious. And all Adam was doing was trying to protect a transgender woman who was being mugged at a mostly peaceful protest. So the mugging was the mostly, mostly peaceful protest. The graphic footage showed a group of people attacking Hayner after his truck had crashed into a light pole. A man was seen kicking the victim in the face, apparently knocking him unconscious. Love pleaded guilty to third-degree assault and felony riot, according to KGW. And I thought they are complaining about calling those protests. CNN is not, this clearly is not a CNN article because they would never have even mentioned a riot. He admitted that he and another person caused physical injury to the victim and that he and others had engaged in conduct that created a grave risk of causing public harm, according to a statement from the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office. Love, who has apologized to the victim and wished him a speedy recovery, will also be on 36 months of probation and must participate in an alcohol abuse evaluation, according to the report. I'm surprised, white boy Malcolm X, that he got any jail time for, he just hit a white guy. I mean, he was just, folks, he was, Marquise Love. How can you lock up someone named Marquise Love? And he was just out there, mostly peaceful protesting, and he saw a shock trooper, a stormtrooper of white supremacy, and he fought back valiantly and they put they're putting him in jail for this. this is why they call it systemic racism he hits a white guy and he goes to now let me say something if he had hit that transgender they would put his ass in the electric chair <laughs> they're not having that folks you can kick a white guy in the face until he's unconscious and you'll go to jail for less than two years but if he'd done that to the transgender oof, his ass would be they'd be dead they would fry him faster than they fried Timothy McVeigh back in the day. I mean, that guy went to death right. I mean, he was just like wheeled him right in. I mean, guilty and then done. Uh, but I tell you what, Marquis Love had, had hit the transgender. We have, now I've been making light of, um, which I probably shouldn't, but I do it anyway because, hey, it's my show and it's kind of funny in a, in a perverted sense, but we've been talking a lot about all these school teachers that just have a thing for high school boys. They just love having sex with high school boys. <laughs> and they get busted like every week, almost every week. There's a story. Last week we had a mini pile. We had like four, and we did have a guy in that last week's pile. So I wasn't being a, a sexist with this, but it's mostly the women banging these high school boys. And, and I've been kind of making fun of it a little bit, but, but folks, there's an article from the New York Post. Now, Kate Mara is an actress, and she was on House of Cards, which if you don't know what that show is, that is the show that that Anthony Rapp destroyed because he had this secret from 30 years ago that he finally let out and just destroyed Kevin Spacey's career. That's a story for a different day. But Kate Mara is... here's I'll just give you the headline. Kate Mara on the reality of a teacher-predator having sex with a student. And this article is about her and the making of this film where, again, now they made a, a movie about a teacher banging a student. But this is, this is interesting. Uh, the first couple of paragraphs, listen to this. 
Kate Mara's latest role is a high school teacher who has an affair with her underage student, and it made her realize just how widespread this problem is. Well, she should be listening to The Miller Frost Show. She should be listening to my podcast because every week I've got one or two. But listen to what she did. We had it on Google Alerts, Mara37 told the post of illicit teacher-student Triss. The amount of real-life stories that we'd see on a weekly basis was quite overwhelming. This type of predatory relationship happens much more frequently than I think most people would expect. That is actually White Boy Malcolm X. That is not a bad idea <laughs> to put teacher-student Trist on a Google alert. I did flood my inbox with, with more stories about this. Oh, I mean, what we got, folks, I, these are articles I just stumble into, and I think that's enough. We don't, we don't need to put any more out there. Let's get back to the article. This encouraged her to move forward with A Teacher, a boundary-pushing project that premieres November 10th on Hulu. The 10-episode limited series, which Mara stars in and also produced, follows 30-something Claire as she lands a new job teaching English at a suburban Texas high school. Soon, she becomes entangled with one of her students, a 17-year-old senior named Eric, played by Nick Robinson, 25, best known for Love, Simon. What begins as innocuous after-school tutoring quickly evolves into a secret romance. Claire, who is married, has to find ways to explain her strange behavior to her husband, while Eric tells his friends that he's seeing an older woman from the local college. <laughs> so, folks, they are making a movie, and it's called A Teacher, starring Kate Mara, banging some high school studs, some Texas. Why will Malcolm X, she got herself a Texas high school senior. Mercy. And before I get rid of this, White Boy Malcolm X, I have a question for you. So, in the article, it says that Claire, who is the teacher banging the Texas stud high school student, has to explain her strange behavior to her husband. What do you think that is? <laughs> a freshly blanked glow. Yes, she's getting like... Oh, that's right. We had that story. We had a story about a, a woman who told the student she was banging that he had a bigger uh, member than her husband. <laughs> the mule kid. That's right, White Boy Malcolm X. The mule kid. So that's what she's probably having to explain. Oh, I don't know why I'm I'm so glowing all of a sudden. I just and and relaxed and, and everything's great. It's not you, honey. Trust me. <laughs> I don't have Hulu, but now I want to. We got to watch this White Boy Malcolm X. We might have to might have to just see how uh, what a train wreck that is. And speaking of speaking of teachers banging their students, because I can't have that article, folks. I cannot have that talking about it and then not give you one. Because then you'll be like, oh, he let us down. What a tease. So, no, I do have one. It's from the Meadville Tribune. And here's the headline. Former Titusville gym teacher enters guilty plea to statutory sexual assault. So, yet again, another teacher banging the student. A former Titusville middle school gym teacher has pleaded guilty to statutory sexual assault charges with a then 13-year-old boy who was one of her students. Rochelle Cressman pleaded guilty Tuesday before Crawford County Court of Common Pleas Judge Mark Stevens to three counts of statutory sexual assault involving the boy and now faces sentencing in February. In May 2019, Pennsylvania State Police arrested Cressman, now 33, charging her with a total of 66 counts for allegedly repeatedly sexually assaulting the teen during a seven-month period from September 13, 2018, to April 18th, 2019. She did it well. Because we joke, these teachers, I always call the one and done. You know, they have like a, a little bit of a tryst. This woman, damn white boy Malcolm X, 66 times over seven months. So that kid, they were doing it all the time. When does she have time to teach? 
Cressman, who was a Titusville Middle School gym teacher at the time, initiated the sexual contact with the boy, according to state police. Cressman engaged in sexual activity at Cressman's then-residence in Oil Creek Township and at a residence in Titusville, according to the arrest affidavit filed in the case. In exchange for her guilty pleas, the other 63 counts won't be prosecuted by the Crawford County District Attorney's Office. With the guilty plea, Cressman is classified as a Tier 3 sexual offender under Pennsylvania law. Man, I, I don't know what Tier 3 <laughs> I guess it's the, the age of the boy or the number of times you do him. But she's a Tier 3. Holy crap. Damn. Those two were busy. Uh, I don't know what's worse. The fact that I'm reading a Vice article with, from those dopey morons over at Vice or listen to the headline because someone's going to get punched. Prisoners are going viral on TikTok. <laughs> and I don't know how they're, they're viral on TikTok because I don't think you're supposed to have a phone in prison. But these clowns in prison, the murderers and rapists and thieves are now TikTok stars. In the past year, and folks, it took three people from Vice to write this article. Stevie, Daniel, and Catherine wrote this article on Vice. In the past year, people in prison have posted TikTok videos dancing with their cellmates, showing off their commissary purchases, giving tutorials for heating food or making phone chargers, and just hanging out. Like most other TikTok users, they're combating boredom or trying to make a name for themselves online. But outside the walls of the prison, the viral videos are helping to fight misconceptions of mass incarceration in the U.S. And everyone knows what mass incarceration is. It's just where systemic, racist white people lock up black people. People became so hyped up about this because they got to see what it's like behind the wall, Kevin Smith told Vice News. It's like a whole nother world. Smith received a work release from Florida's South Bay Correctional Facility in April after finishing a seven-year sentence for falsely impersonating a police officer. He only started posting videos on TikTok a week before his release, figuring he'd be out before anyone got caught. And I'm not I'm not reading any more of a Vice article. I can already feel my IQ dropping. But apparently, folks, if you want to go see what it's like in jail, you can go to TikTok. And if you don't want to you know, punch some little you know, kid who's acting like an idiot and doing whatever, you can go watch you know, hardened criminals <laughs> dancing with their cellmates. Well, I guess it's it's better than what else they do in prison. Speaking of impersonating a police officer, uh, and this is from the Daily Caller, one woman's bold con. Claim you're an FBI agent. Demand free Chick-fil-A. And I have to say, I, I really can't blame her because I, I know I'm America's most beloved self-loving homosexual, but I do love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you're not supposed to like, if you're like, what the hell are you talking about, Miller? You're not supposed to like Chick-fil-A if you're gay because apparently they're they're conservative or, or, or right-wing Christians or something like that. And, um, you know, they just hate homosexuals and they, they, you're not supposed to eat Chick-fil-A, but I do. Not much because I just don't eat a lot of fast food, but sometimes it's just it's good going down. Anyway, here we go. Authorities arrested a woman claiming she was a federal agent in order to get free food at a Chick-fil-A in, guess where, white boy Malcolm X? No. No, no. First, you're not supposed to say Louisiana. And second, no, it's not Florida. It's in Dallas, Georgia. Well, Georgia's next to Florida. It's close enough. The Polk County Standard reported. Rockmart police took Kimberly George Ragsdale, 47, into custody for impersonating a police officer. A felony on Thursday, November 5th at a Chick-fil-A, the outlet reported. Well, the good news for her is when she goes to jail, she can smug have a phone smuggled in and she can go on TikTok. 
The woman told authorities she did not have her credentials because they were electronic and refused to exit her vehicle despite the officer saying they would tase her, according to the outlet. Ragsdale reportedly pretended to talk to a radio in her shirt. (laughs) So she's talking to an invisible radio, saying that she was being arrested and that the FBI needed to send someone to the Rockmart Police Department, according to Ozarks First. We are thankful for the observant and professional staff at Chick-fil-A, even if they are a bunch of homophobes. I'm kidding, folks. I'm just kidding. Who knew what to do and gathered the info needed for us to make our case and catch her in the act, Chief Randy Turner said in a statement obtained by the Polk County Standard Journal. We would like to inform our citizens to call 911 if someone is claiming to be an officer, if they aren't in a marked car or in a proper uniform, or if they don't have proper credentials. We'll be careful about calling 911, especially in Portland. Can you see this chick white boy? <laughs> I'm an FBI agent and I want a free chicken sandwich combo <laughs> and an order nuggets and a really large sweet tea. God. Hey, honey, it's like five bucks. You know, now you're going to go to jail. I think that uh, that crazy in Florida is bleeding up. It is bleeding up into Georgia already. This is from Oregon Live. Oregon sex workers can apply for coronavirus relief grants. I tell you what, there's a lot of crazy coming out of Oregon these days. So sex workers now can get coronavirus relief grants. So let's dig in. Nearly $600,000 in federal COVID relief funds is available for Oregon strippers and sex workers of color who have been financially impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. Anyone who has made income from using their or other people's sexuality to financially assist themselves can apply, said Kat Hollis, founder of PDX Stripper Strike and Haymarket Pole Collective, (laughs) which is administering the grant. You can't make this up. Priority will be given to black, indigenous, and transgender applicants, those with minor dependents living in the household, and those experiencing homelessness. So no white people. If you are a white stripper or a white sex worker, don't apply because you ain't going to get it. The funds are part of $45 million in health equity grants distributed by the Oregon Health Authority to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 in tribal communities and communities of color, which have been disproportionately affected by the virus. The grants will allow Haymarket Poll Collective to provide financial assistance to 75 people who can receive up to $1,600 in rent assistance, $500 in utility assistance, and $150 towards internet services. Damn, that's expensive internet. Another 200 applicants will receive a wellness tote. Well, that's a crappy runner-up gift. Can you imagine White Boy Malcolm X? You're like, no, I'm sorry. You were the 76th person to apply. You do not get the rent assistance or the utility assistance or internet services. But but we have this lovely wellness tote for you. Damn it. Anyway, which will include, here you go, folks, this is what you get in your wellness tote, a mail-in COVID test and sexually transmitted infection test, reusable masks, personal hygiene supplies, sanitizer products, gas and grocery gift cards. So you do get a little bit of money in there, thermometers and blood oximeters. Applications will be taken through December 1st and funds will be distributed by December 30th. So folks, if you are a black, indigenous and transgender stripper or sex worker in Oregon, after you get your crystal meth and your heroin <laughs> and whatever else drugs you can get now, you can go down and apply for for some rent. That state is, man, I guess being sandwiched between California and, and Washington <laughs> has made them completely insane. 
This is an interesting story, and I don't even... Speaking of, of sex workers, listen to this headline, White Boy Malcolm X. Steven Spielberg's daughter, Michaela, says doing porn is a healing journey. She's a Marvin Gaye song come to life. Michaela Spielberg is speaking out about appearing in porn, saying her work in the sex industry has been healing for her. The 24-year-old adopted daughter of legendary filmmaker Steven Spielberg, 73, and his actress wife Kate Catshaw, 66, made headlines in February when she was jailed for domestic abuse following a clash with then-fiancé and pro-dart player Chuck Pancrow, who was 27 years her senior. I didn't even... You can be a professional dart player. Well, I, you know, I guess they have those those uh, those professional video game kids. And we learned, folks, what is that, about a month, month and a half ago, that the gaming industry, this was an ESPN story, the gaming industry was infested with racism, <laughs> like everything else. But I guess if you can play video games and get bank, I guess you can play darts and also get bank. The charges were later dropped after successfully completing court-ordered counseling sessions. The news of her arrest came several days after the public learned that she had launched a career as an independent pornographer on the internet, producing solo videos of her erotic performances from her home in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm sure Stephen and Kate are like, F me. In a new interview with the Daily Beast, the adult webcam actress said her work has been life-affirming. I felt like I had not done the work I needed to do on myself and on my relationships. I would have been dead within the year, she said. Spielberg has previously been open about her struggles with anxiety, depression, substance abuse, and finding herself on the brink of homelessness. Reps for her iconic E.T. and Schindler's List director dad have yet to respond to requests for comment. I can only imagine what that would be. However, earlier this year, she claimed her high-profile parents were intrigued by her new career path and expressed hopes they would be proud of how she bounced back from a drinking problem that almost took her life a couple times after she turned 21. I actually think that once they see how far I've come from the bottom, I was at a year and a half ago, they're going to look at this and go, wow, we actually raised a really self-assured young lady, she said in February. My safety has always been a number one priority for them. I'm not doing this out of an urge to hurt anyone or to be spiteful. The aspiring professional exotic dancer also talked about refining her work on adult content platform ManyVids, which I guess is kind of like OnlyFans. <laughs> More porn sites, folks which she maintains is online and dance only and not full service, though she did not elaborate on what's included in her partial service channel. Full disclosure, online fans report that it involves full nudity and various sex toys. Okay, I am, on that note, I'm, <laughs> I am done with Michaela Spielberg, the, the, the porn star on, um, on many vids. Mercy. But the, the parents are, I gotta be mortified. I, of all the of all the things, I mean, this this young lady has probably had life handed to her on a silver platter, and and this this is what it's become, and and um, she's she's selling it as something great. So good good for her, I guess. If she's she's on there doing whatever, making money off of it, you know. Speaking of porn, though, um, how's this headline, White Boy Malcolm X? Pornhub traffic shot up as much as fourteen percent on election night. Pornhub's traffic was all over the place on election night. The giant porn company released their streaming data from this past Tuesday night and into Wednesday morning, and the numbers are fascinating. According to the data, streaming dropped 11% at 6 p.m., and the numbers were below average until about midnight, 
when 1 a.m. rolled around Wednesday morning, traffic shot up 14% as people apparently called it a night on waiting to find out if President Donald Trump or Joe Biden would win. Mail traffic shot up 17% at 3 a.m. Wednesday morning. <laughs> oh, my God. So let me wipe my mouth. Let me see if I understand this correctly. So they are doing this whole election, you know, the, watching the votes get counted and the states called and all this other stuff. And so no one's watching porn. They're watching, you know, Fox News and CNN and whatever. And so at like one o'clock, they're like, okay, well, no, one, they don't know who it's going to be. So let me go jerk off before I need a, I need a release after that. Oh, God. Three in the morning. Mail so the guys are up, you know, later than the women, I guess. And they're at 3 a.m. And they're like they're like streaming porn at 3 a.m. after watching politics. Okay, then. This is a Boston.com story. Three visitors banned from Yellowstone National Park after cooking chickens in a hot spring. <laughs> oh, my God. The stupid is everywhere. It was supposed to be a fun family summer trip to Yellowstone National Park. Two cousins, a neighbor, and their families packed two chickens, canoed about eight hours, and hiked to the Shoshone Geyser Basin, where they decided to cook their chickens in a hot spring. But dinner didn't go quite as planned. In fact, it led to three of them pleading guilty to petty offenses. They were sentenced to two years probation, banned from the park for that period, and fined between $500 and $1,200, according to court documents. The men said park officials had violated laws governing the use of a national park. It is illegal to go off the boardwalk or designated trails and to touch or throw objects into hot springs or other hydrothermal features at the park, said Linda Veres, a park spokeswoman. It is also dangerous, she added. The water in the park's hydrothermal systems can exceed 400 degrees Fahrenheit and can cause severe or fatal burns, she said. The three, Eric Romerau, 49, and Eric Roberts, 51, I wonder if it's the Eric Roberts, nope. Uh, both of Idaho, so no, obviously not. And Dallas Roberts, 41, of Utah, were among a group that a park ranger found after receiving reports of people hiking with cooking pots towards the basin on August 7th, Ferris said. So, God. Can you see these these guys are walking with their cooking pots and their chickens, and, and the park police get called. Not one, because they receive reports. So, apparently, folks, if you go to Yellowstone National Park, it's in it's just packed full of Karens. And they're like... I, I see these people, and they, they cook. They got cooking pots, and they, they're going to the geyser. You got to get out here. So tattletales. Yellowstone National Park is full of a bunch of tattletales. A ranger responded, of course, and found two whole chickens in a burlap sack in a hot spring. She said a cooking pot was also found nearby. When Romrail went to check on the chicken, the group was bathing at the river nearby. He found the park ranger, who then questioned him and the rest of the group of ten people about it. The next day, the ranger returned to the men's campsites and issued them citations requiring a mandatory court appearance. So I guess he had to go home and think about it. God. I don't know. White Boy Malcolm X, what do you think is worse? That these guys decided to cook a chicken, <laughs> two chickens in a hot spring, and they lugging up the chickens, and they're lugging up the pots. What's that or the fact that you've got multiple Karens in Yellowstone National Park, the snitch patrol out there tattletailing on them, or I'll give you a third option: the fact that the park ranger goes out there and busts them for it. They're on probation for two years, and they got to pay a fine for cooking a chicken in a in a hot spring. So what? Well, you get all of the above. Well, probably yeah. I just this story is packed full of stupid. I'm not reading this. 
don't know why I printed it out. This is a BBC article. Uh, you're going to throw up in your mouth. Why Germans love getting naked in public. Goodness, this is a multiple-page article about... I've been to Germany, I don't know how many times. I've been to Munich twice. Um, I've been to Frankfurt a couple times. I've been to Mannheim a couple times. I've never been to Berlin, which is where the story is based. But apparently... <laughs> If you go to Berlin, there are a bunch of naked Germans running around. So you can go if you, that's that's your thing. You can go for it. Did I tell you what, Malcolm X? I, I, it was funny. When I w- was down in Munich, the first time I went, I was with my ex. Uh, yes, the meth junkie. And we um, we go down there in September for, for, it was a legal conference or something like that, for his work. And we're there. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Oktoberfest. <laughs> I always figured Oktoberfest was in October. But no, it is not. It's in September. And it was going on right then and there. So we actually went down to Oktoberfest. Well, I was thinking, what could be more fun going to Oktoberfest and having a couple beers? That would be kind of one of those things that would be fun. But apparently, and the Summit Mistress told me this. She she did it because she's been there as well, separately. But she said, you got to have a ticket to get into. The, they have these huge, massive tents. And you have to have a ticket to get in there. And we, I don't know how we squirmed our way in, but we couldn't get a seat because you can't get served unless you're seated in a tent so they don't sell like you can't walk around with the beer because they don't sell you have to get it in the tent so i'm like we are the only two people at oktoberfest completely sober walking around it was a huge that thing was it was amazing but we had to like leave oktoberfest and get a drink somewhere because you can't drink at oktoberfest unless you get the german bureaucracy um you know the tickets you have to get the ticket to get in there so no beer for me at oktoberfest but you know, hey, it was still fun. It was still fun. But I, there were no naked people there either. So I don't know what, what they're talking about. And quite frankly, I don't really care. I don't want to see it. Okay, this is from MLive.com. One-year-old shot by mother during dispute over food delivery. And this is in Detroit, not Florida. A 20-month-old Detroit girl was listed in critical condition after she was accidentally shot by her mother Monday night, according to police. The girl was shot after an argument between the mother and a neighbor over an Uber Eats food delivery. Police believe the argument escalated when the neighbor allegedly brandished a hammer and the mother, who was a CPL holder, pulled out her gun and fired shots. The girl was seated in a car nearby and one of the shots struck her. Police transported the girl to the hospital and the mother was taken into custody. Both the handgun and the hammer were recovered by police. Well, that's good news. White Boy Mac, what do you... What do you think they were arguing about? I mean, you've got the, the mother there, right? The kid's in the car, and you've got the neighbor, and they start arguing about an Uber Eats thing, like maybe the, the neighbor's stealing the food or something. But the neighbor's got a hammer. The neighbor is holding a hammer and, and pulls it out and, and, and brandishes it. And then the, the, the woman's got, this must be, what kind of crazy is going on in Detroit? People carrying around guns and hammers, and they get into these fights, and the mother is such a bad shot She's got her CPL, but she still can't shoot straight, and she shoots her own kid, which is not funny, but the girl's are, girls going to be, I'm assuming girls going to be fine, but how dumb do you have to be to like walk around with a gun and a hammer uh, and, arg- and argue over an Uber Eats food delivery? Mercy. Like I said, the crazy is everywhere. Speaking of crazy, Kansas Democrat who admitted to revenge porn wins state house seat. And I didn't know there were Democrats in Kansas, but apparently there's at least one. A 20-year-old Kansas Democrat 
He's a young one, too, who admitted to circulating revenge porn in middle school has been elected to the state legislature. Well, he'll fit in perfectly right there. Aaron Coleman, who made headlines in August for winning his primary despite his checkered past. What do you mean his checkered past? He's 20 years old. What kind of checkered, other than the revenge porn, he hasn't been around long enough to have that checkered a past, was thrown under the spotlight again last week for sending out a threatening tweet directed at Kansas Governor Laura Kelly. In the since-deleted post reviewed by the Associated Press, Coleman said Kelly would face an extremely bloody primary in two years. I'm not playing around, Coleman wrote in the tweet. People will realize one day when I call a hit out on you, it's real. In an interview with the AP, he acknowledged sending the tweet, but he said he meant to say a political hit. Coleman last Tuesday defeated two challengers who ran write-in campaigns, including Democratic incumbent Stan Fraufelter. So the guy is the incumbent and he couldn't win. He lost his dopey 20-year-old. State Democrats are already plotting the newly elected state lawmakers' removal from office. Mercy, mercy me. I I don't know what they're complaining about. I mean, revenge porn. I, I would think that would be a resume enhancer for a Democrat. Are they really, white boy Malcolm X, are they really that stupid in Kansas? They cannot be that dumb in Kansas that they elected some dopey 20-year... Look at this kid. I mean, he's got moron written all over <laughs> They, 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 and they elected him. Of, of course they did. And now he's going to be in the state legislature until they throw him out. Oh, Marcy, this, is, this story might get me in trouble. Millions of women don't know where their own vagina is located. <laughs> is it here? No. Is it here? No. That's your breasts. Oh, is it here? No. Ladies, it might be time to take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask, what is that? (laughs) An estimated one-fourth of U.S. women don't know where the vagina is, according to a new poll conducted by OnePoll, which found that 46% of ladies couldn't point out the cervix and 59% suggested a different body part when asked to identify the uterus. Only 1 in 10 women passed the anatomy quiz, asking them to name all the parts of a female reproductive diagram. I think men, white boy Malcolm X, not to be sexist, but I think men, we got that down. I bet we can name all the, all our parts. I bet we could do that. Intamina, the Swedish women's health company that commissioned the study, included responses from 2,000 women. A spokesperson said the brand hoped to reveal a critical gap in American education. So this is an anti-American survey. The fact that it's Swedish. We know, we know where our vaginas are, but those Stupid Americans don't. (laughs) The fact that nearly one in four women in the survey misidentified the vagina and 46% could not correctly identify the cervix shows we need to keep educating the public about how the reproductive systems, its monthly processes, and hormonal changes can impact a woman's life, says Danella Zager, Intima's global brand manager in a blog post on the website. One poll also asked women to describe the menstrual cycle and found many were confounded by the process. I, I have I have a hard time, white boy Malcolm X, believing that. I think you would you would know the process. <laughs> I think you'd have that process down pretty quickly. Some described periods as a detoxification, like a periodical body reset button, or something that got rid of bacteria. <laughs> A quarter of responses describe periods more appropriately as the process a woman's body goes through to shed excess blood. However, 63% of women more accurately explain that the body is shedding its uterine lining. 
Menopause was not understood well either, with 13% defining menopause as a term to describe a missed period, while 10% figured it had something to do with turning 40. While age is a factor, the number does not indicate when or why menopause takes place. Women were divided on who to blame <laughs> for their poor understanding of their own bodies. So White Boy Malcolm X, before I even read this off, do you think they took any responsibility? Okay, you're right. No, they did not. Listen to this, folks. 36% said their teachers failed. 28% resented parents. And 27% called for better public education standards. So they blamed someone else. I mean, really? <laughs> Ladies, if you're out there and you're like, what's this? If you don't know what your vagina is, <laughs> first off, you've got to figure that out. Second of all, if you don't know, don't blame someone else for that. It's right there. It's with you all the time. It, it, literally, you're, you're, you're using that thing a couple times. Every time you go to the bathroom, you know, you're using that area of your body. You don't look down and, and get a little curious. <laughs> it's your parents' fault. It's your teacher's fault. Oh, mercy. How many more stories do we have? Okay, we got, we got a couple more stories, and then we're out of here. I thought White Boy Malcolm X, because I, of course, am a, I'm a fan of the Golden Girls, but I thought St. Olaf was, like, not a real place. <laughs> I haven't actually looked it up, but apparently it is, uh, because there's a college. St. Olaf College urges students not to kiss while having sex due to COVID-19. St. Olaf College encouraged students to avoid kissing while having sex to reduce spreading coronavirus, according to a a photo provided to the Daily Caller News Foundation. So apparently, folks, you can do all sorts of things with your sex organs. And ladies, if you don't know what the vagina is, now's the time to learn. But you can do all sorts of stuff with your vagina and you you folks, you men out there with your Johnson. But apparently, you shouldn't kiss each other. Everything else you can do, but don't kiss. The Minnesota College's flyer also urged students to wear a mask, steer clear of partners with symptoms of COVID-19, Reduce your number of sexual partners and use barrier protection like internal, external condoms, as well as dental dams, according to the picture provided to the DCNF. The flyer also reportedly listed various sex hygiene recommendations. Remember to wash your hands and your sex toys before and after sex with warm, soapy water for at least 20 seconds. The picture provided to the DCNF. Can you see these college kids washing their dildos? Oh my God, it's nut, it's nutty land, I tell you. Check in with yourself mentally to make sure that everything still feels comfortable and okay. It is important to keep up with your mental sex hygiene as well. The picture of the poster provided the DCNF said. So folks, there you go, at St. Olaf College, because I, I can't read any more of this. You can do all sorts of things, but you cannot, you're not supposed to kiss when you're banging each other. Speaking of sex, and this is our last story, but... This is, um, they get a little bit of a different direction here. And this, folks, is in, <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. And Summit Mistress, this is, this is White Boy Malcolm X's fault, this story. And here, this is from Gambit. And here's the headline. Open up New Orleans and the swingers will come. <laughs> I bet they will. Hundreds of swingers have descended upon New Orleans to swap intimate partners and potentially exchange viral loads. <laughs> Coming just in time as city officials loosened restrictions and allowed for more tourism under Phase 3.3 guidelines. So, yes, folks, there is a swingers party going on in New Orleans. The four-day Naughty in New Orleans convention is taking place amid a surge in COVID-19 infections nationwide that is prompting more restrictions in communities across the country. 
but the city moved into its latest phase of reopenings on Wednesday, which allows for larger indoor gatherings as well as some indoor bar service. Naughty in Nolens kicked off at the Nazi Hotel on Tuesday with a rousing entertainment package that included a pizza and bag stuffing party and a meet and greet in the lobby hosted by a duo known as the Kinky Couple, <laughs> who are also co-captains of a clothing optional cruise. Woof! That has got to be a creepy sight. A bunch of bunch of folks on their naked cruise, <laughs> hosted by the Kinky Couple. Other events will continue throughout the weekend and at various venues downtown, including rooftop pool parties, matchmaking events, and erotic ball and seminars on <laughs> vlogging. <laughs> That's what the kinky couple is for, apparently. The group will also hit up the reliably hedonistic Bourbon Street. The gathering in the Central Business District comes after months of work from civic leaders and health officials to control the virus, even as they publicly encourage tourists to return to New Orleans. Organizer Bob Hannaford, a New Orleans resident, of course, and one half of the kinky couple, says the group worked with state and city officials to prepare for the event and that the state fire marshal pronounced the group a model compared to other events they've been dealing with. I wonder if he got a free ticket. <laughs> he says there is a mask mandate and that attendees are taking classes and participating in smaller seminar groups than usual. Hannaford also said he is promoting safe sex amongst attendees and that they will be sporting wristbands to signify whether or not they already had COVID-19 or have recently tested negative. A spokesperson for Mayor Latoya Cantrell's office told Gambit on Friday morning that the convention does not require a special event permit and that the Department of Safety and Permits, however, reviewed COVID-19 restrictions and safety protocols with organizers and the city expects full compliance with the approximately 250 attendees. Mercy, I, White Boy Mac and Max, I have no idea where to even start with. <laughs> but if you're in New Orleans, uh, and I guess it's this weekend, damn it, we missed another good time, White Boy Malcolm X. You can go to a swingers convention <laughs> at the Nazi Hotel with the kinky couple. And on that note, I, I, I can't top that. I can't, uh, there's no top in that one, folks. A sex convention, a swingers convention. So you, if you're tired of your wife because she doesn't know where her vagina is, you can go swap her out for someone who does. And th there you go. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on today's podcast. I am your host and America's most beloved. I'm probably double, double self-loathing after this podcast. I am Miller Frost here as always with uh, white boy Malcolm X. Uh, remember, you can reach me at my email, Miller at MillerFrostOnline.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, comments, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Have a good start to your week, and we will see you back here again next Sunday night. Take care. Bye-bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.